Welcome into the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah, joined as always by Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. We talk to you every week about MMA, the UFC, previewing the UFC fight nights, the pay-per-views. We've got one of those coming up. But this week, another UFC fight night. We've got Nikita Krylov against Ryan Spann. Should be a decent card. The main card, at least, is decent uh, for this fight night. You've got a couple good fights here that we are going to preview. Uh, but, you know, it's okay. We're just. I, we're, I'm intrigued by it. Those really top heavy with, yeah. know, I think, four matchups that we're going to break down and we're going to give some betting advice. But you also start to question a, a betting card, a fight card, when you go to Wikipedia. And if there's 20, if there's 20 fighters, so there's 10 fights, 16 of them don't have Wikipedia pages. Yeah. That's an issue. That's kind of a issue. problem. Uh, a little bit. So, and that's the case in this Saturday night. But nonetheless, there's money to be made. All right. Well, let's start with our main card here. Tatiana Suarez against Montana De La Rosa. Suarez is minus 850 uh, after more than three years out of UFC. Tatiana Suarez makes her return to the Octagon on Saturday in a flyweight match against Montana De La Rosa. Uh, Suarez won the strawweight competition of Season 23 of The Ultimate Fighter, but she's had some injuries, uh, which have forced her to the sidelines. And De La Rosa won her first three appearances in the UFC after she was also on The Ultimate Fighter. So two all former Ultimate Fighter co- uh, competitors here, but Tatiana Suarez, the heavy, heavy favorite at minus 850. I mean, this is a woman that was supposed to be fighting for the championship after she beat Carla Esparza back in September of 2018. Injuries prevented her from doing that, so then she returned in 2019, had an impressive victory over Nina, Nina Nunez, but hasn't fought since. She's been on the sidelines for three and a half years. And really, the, the main storyline heading into this fight is not if Tatiana Suarez is going to win the fight. She's expected to. The odds indicate that. But it's really how is she going to win the fight in three different varieties that you know, likely she could have her hand raised. And then is that performance going to be good enough to earn her a title shot against Valentina Shevchenko? Mm-hmm. That's the question that a lot of people are asking. And look, Tatiana Suarez is probably the best wrestler that we have in the women's division. I mean, she is outstanding. She has that one discipline to a point where she is dominating folks, kind of like Ronda Rousey did with judo, you know, Mm -hmm. in the armbar. Tatiana Suarez is special, and she, you know, accolades speak to that. You know, world championships, gold medals uh, in jiu-jitsu and wrestling grappling championships. So she should knife through butter, steamroll, Montana De La Rosa. The issue that I have with that is you you are putting stock in a a three-and-a-half-year layoff. And Mm -hmm. granted, she is a high-profile fighter. She hasn't fought in three-and-a-half years. And Montana De La Rosa, for as as much criticism as you could give to her as a fighter and her skill set, she's a good fighter, not a great fighter anywhere. She is tough as nails. And she comes from a great camp, the Elevation, uh, Elevation Fight Team camp that has Justin Gagey, Kamaru Usman, all of those killers up in Colorado. So she is well-versed in going into deep waters. I think we're not going to get a performance from Tatiana Suarez that's going to warrant her a championship title defense, or a title chance, but she should win 
It's not even worth the parlay. I know you're going to ask me about the parlay. We were doing the parlay no, what peas. I, what last, I'm going to ask week. you is no. What I'm going to ask you is, and that parlay hit. It pays to listen to the uh, unnamed MMA podcast. Just saying, it did hit. Um, no, what I was going to ask you if you're talking about grappling, you're talking about wrestling, you're talking about her ability to knife through butter, uh, take out Montana De La Rosa in this fight. Then, to me, I'm looking at method of victory because minus eight fifty is ridiculous. Tatiana Suarez by submission at three to one at plus three hundred. That's what I'm looking at because Suarez by points is minus one hundred five, and Suarez by knockout is four to one. So if we think that and you think that her wrestling is on point, then by submission at three to one is probably the play here. If you have to play this fight, yes, mm-hmm. the first play is the submission because you think she gets Montana De La Rosa at some point to the ground, overwhelms her with little, you know, ground and pound, and then, uh, you know, gives up her back, and, and Tatiana Suarez is able to, you know, work in a rear naked choke. That's at three to one odds, and you want to play this fight, that's what you have to do because you were just alluding to it. Tatiana Suarez via decision is like plus 110, plus 105 at FanDuel. So I don't know if that's necessarily worth it because, again, the odds indicate that she should steamroll this fight, but then the odds on the total indicate that it's going to go into the later rounds. I mean, well, under and, one and a half is plus 250. And the method of victory, Tatiana Suarez by points, is minus 105. So there's no real value in a method of victory there unless you take the submission. So you hope for a quick submission or maybe she just outlasts her and then goes, doesn't go to the judges card, but gets a, a late, you know, third round sub somehow. But that's just a, that's just a hard thing to ask because Montana De La Rosa, I told you, are tough as nails, seven losses. She's 12 and seven in her mixed martial arts career, seven losses. Five of them have gone to the judges scorecards. The only person to submit her is Mackenzie Dern and Mackenzie Dern submits everybody, everybody else, you know, wasn't able to get her out of there, you know, via uh, a, a submission. So it's too much risk here. There's too many variables. I'm just excited to see Tatiana Suarez perform, you know, see what she's like after three and a half years, you know, outside of the octagon, not being able to perform. And then, you know, you couple that with Valentina Shevchenko, who's defending her championship belt next week, or next pay-per-view against Amanda Grasso, plus the fact Aaron Blanchfield looked like a killer mm-hmm. in her performance last week. This division all of a sudden got really, really exciting if Tatiana Suarez looks as impressive as she was three and a half years ago. All right, so if you have to play it, Suarez by sub. I'm doing the Abdallah special. Tatiana Suarez via sub. All right, three to one there. I like it. That's I your like play. It. I like my, it. That's your, my your play? Your play. All right, We're come at me. It We're putting at it on Adam you. Abdallah, come at me. You can tell that to the Fat Jack, fatjacksports.com. Say, this is Abdallah's play. I'm not, uh, I don't know if I like it that much, but if we have to, I got to make a pick for all the fights that we, we, we talk about. So, sure, I'm going to go with that one. Our next fight, two guys that absolutely need a win. Augusto Sakai against Dante Mays. Uh, Augusto Sakai lost his last four appearances, uh, each of them by stoppage loss. So he's been stopped four times in a row heading into this one. And Dante Mays uh, has had back-to-back wins before losing to Hamdi Abdelwahab, my guy. Uh, I think he's, he's Egyptian, yeah. Hamdi Abdelwahab uh, last summer at UFC 277. But that has all of a sudden been ruled a no contest. So he lost, but he technically didn't lose because it was a no contest. So Mays is plus 110 and Sakai here minus 140 in this matchup uh, in our second fight of the main card here. Yeah, it is. Two heavyweights that you know, need to get off the schneid, so to speak, especially Augusto Sakai. I mean, he came in 15 and one in his first 16 fights, but since that time, he's lost four fights in a row, four stoppages, several of them in the first round. It's hard to have confidence in a guy 
losing four straight the way that he he did, and you know, yet he's he's the money line favorite as he should be. I mean, look, he's a better fighter than Dantel Mays. Dantel Mays certainly will have the sides advantage, the athletic advantage. He's going to be the bigger fighter. I guess Augusto Sakai is not going to have the luxury of being able to utilize his Muay Thai, his movement, because it's a smaller octagon at the apex. Uh, and I believe that Dantel Mays has the power to get Augusto Sakai quickly out of there, or as we've seen at times with Dantel Mays, a guy that's a late finisher, unlike normal heavyweights that get people out of there in the first couple of uh, minutes. Dantel Mays is a guy that can go into the third round, carry that power into the third round, and finish a fight. My issue is that the A, the skill set that, as I alluded to, and B, the advantage that Augusta Sakai can have if he gets this fight to the ground. Dante Mace has mightily struggled with less grapplers and, and also stronger grapplers of when the fight gets to the ground, being able to get out of that position. I certainly think with both of these heavyweights, the under is in play. I'm not going to risk the one and a half, even though it is juicy. But it's speaking to actually, uh, you know, two and a half is is the expectation under two and a half that we're going to get some sort of later finish within the rounds. I think again is speaking to Dantel Mays being the guy that you need to back. So I'm looking heavily at the line total, which is favored. It's juiced to the over uh, or under two and a half, but it's juiced to the under, but over the one and a half. I like Dantel Mays as the upset. I do as Ooh. a money line dog, just because Augusta Sakai. A lot of question marks of where is he at? I mean, the guy has lost four fights in a row, albeit it was against fighters, heavyweights in the top 10, or Alistair Overeem was now out of the UFC, but certainly one of the greatest heavyweights we've ever seen. Dantel Mays is not in that discussion. He's not in that category of heavyweights, but a guy that carries power, that'll be more athletic, one touch on the chin, and I think Augusta Sky's going out. So I'll take Dantel Mays and the under at two and a half. All right, and if we look for method of victory here, Sakai by knockout is plus 200. Maze by knockout is uh, plus 210. Sakai by points is plus 310. And Maze by points is 5-1, to one, and the submissions are just crazy. They're both 17-1, to one, so that's not going to happen. But you think that this ends in a knockout because you're taking the under, and you're ta- so under 1.5, and, and you're taking Maze. So one would assume maze by knockout at plus 210 then also yeah i think so I, I i think so because that's the method of victory most likely to happen just because of what we've seen out of augusta sakai against the spivak the tui vases the rosen strikes of the world my I, I might actually want to do we like sprinkles we do like sprinkles on this mm-hmm. fu- on this uh, show on this podcast i actually might look at a sprinkle of augusta sakai via submission he's never had a sub win before in his life but it's 17 to 1 a guy that look is going to want to probably get this fight to the ground mm-hmm. maybe not he, he's not comfortably offensively there but defensively Dante Mays is terrible there Augusta Sky is a veteran he needs a win why 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 stand and trade with a heavyweight that's going to carry power into the third round that's fair. go back you know go Take the fight to the ground. Go back to what you were working on when you were becoming a mixed martial artist, um, and, and and get it to the ground where you think I think he would have a decisive advantage. All right, so sprinkle on uh, Sakai by submission at seventeen to one. I like it. I like it. Our next fight, our third fight on this main card, two guys that have been winning a lot: Andre Muniz against Brendan Allen. Brendan Allen plus one ninety. Andre Muniz the the favorite at minus two fifty. Uh, Muniz has is five and zero in the UFC, and Allen has won three straight in the UFC. He's 8-2 and two overall. And this is a... Uh, Muniz is riding a 9-fight winning streak, so these guys are doing nothing but winning in the middleweight division, which has become 
becoming very crowded. These are both uh, Dana White uh, contender series graduates as well. So how do you see this one as our uh, not co-main event, but our second to last fight? Yeah, I mean, it's a combination of a specialist in Muniz. That's what he does. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, world champion in that that discipline. He's got 23 wins, 19 finishes. 15 of them have been via sub. So this guy wants to get the fight to the ground. And when he gets the fight to the ground, he's got a decisive advantage. Brendan Allen, you know, his his, his moniker is all action, all in. And he's not all action, he's all in. He just lost to all action, Curtis, Curtis, Chris Curtis back in the day. But anyway, um, well-rounded fighter. You know, good, good in a lot of different places. He also favors the grappling. That's where he prefers to get fights. That's an issue for me when you're talking about a guy, Muniz, who is a specialist off of his back, a specialist in breaking people's arms. So for the comfortability of Brendan Allen wanting to get this fight to the ground, not want to, you know, try and test things on the feet, even though I think he probably evens up matchup or probably even has the advantage over Muniz in, in, in that regard, in that discipline, I don't like it. Muniz should be heavily favored. He is. I like him in a money line, but probably a little bit of a risk at 250. I think it's it's trending juice enough. Yeah. So he's he's in our parlay for sure. Okay. Um, but I think Muniz can... Mooney's certainly worth a, a, a submission look. And I get the fact that Brendan Allen's only been submitted once in his mixed martial arts career. You have to go way back in the time machine to see when it happened. Uh, and, it, and it hasn't happened since he fought his third mixed martial arts fight against Trevin Giles, a, a current UFC fighter. Not known for his submissions, but uh, certainly it was a long time ago that Brendan Allen. But Brendan Allen's a guy that favors the ground. Go, go showcase the grappling, not worry about the stand-up, and that's where Muniz wants to fight. So Muniz, uh, a money line for sure, and then a, a sub victory because that's how he, he taps people. Yeah, so by sub is plus 125. That has the best odds and method of victory. Brandon Allen by points is 5-1. to one. Muniz by points is also 5-1. to one. Muniz by knockout also 5-1. to one. And Brandon Allen by knockout is plus 850. Allen by submission 9-1. to one. So Muniz by submission at plus 125 is what we're going to go I think with. so because the guy hunts for submission. A lot. I think he'll have you know he'll have a clear advantage on the ground. The other thing I'll point to in Brendan Allen is you know his late a victory over Jacob Malkoon. He did have it three round decision, but Malkoon was able to take him to the ground and kind of control him. And Malkoon isn't as uh, you know threat of a submission like Muniz is. He likes to control people to the ground, and Brendan Allen was able to get out of it, get back to his feet. But he was taken down several times in that fight. I think Muniz is going to not going to mess around. He's going to look to fight, take this fight to the ground early. Brendan Allen's going to succumb to takedown, and then it all going to be a question of. Not if, but when Muniz gets the sub. And if we get to our main event here, Nikita Krylov and Ryan Spann. Nikita Krylov minus 185, Ryan Spann plus 145. Both light heavyweights here. They both have somewhat of a, a winning streak uh, going here. 31-year-old Krylov, is, this is his 40th time uh, fighting in the UFC. He's 4-4. Four and four Or MMA. Since, or MMA, sorry. He's 4-4 uh, he's four four since returning to the UFC in the fall of 2018. Span is coming in on a two-fight winning streak. Uh, so this could be a good one. You've got two different styles here. Krylov's got the karate background where he likes to kick more, but he can get down. When he gets down on the ground, he can't end it quickly, where Span likes to get closer with his with his hands and tries to end it with his fists. So this should be a good main event here. Yeah, it is. It'll be an action main event. Uh, both guys are finishers. I love the story of Krylov. I love the story of all kind of, of MMA fighters, UFC fighters that get released from the UFC, do what they have to do, earn their way back to the UFC. We were on uh, Modestus Bukakis a, a couple of weeks back uh, when he was victorious. He was kind of unceremoniously let go of the UFC. I feel kind of the same way Nikita Krylov. It only took one loss, and I think he was 2-1 and one in the UFC, but he was let go. 
fought his way back. Dude's a finisher. And the only – look, I like Nikita Krylov in this fight. Straight up money line because I think he's more well-rounded. He's got more ways to win. I'm not as worried about his, ch- as his chin as I once was earlier on in his career because that's what Ryan Spann is going to have to land. And Krylov also has shown extremely – to be extremely durable – and better cardio. Ryan Spann needs a round. If he's if you get out of that first round, really that first half a round against Ryan Spann, you are in very good shape. So I think Krylov for sure to win. There's going to be a finish. I, I don't foresee this fight going five rounds. Both guys are not going to be able to last. Either Spann's going to land a bomb or Krylov's going to overwhelm him or get a, or get a submission win in this fight. So I think the safest play for sure is under two and a half. Because I do think that maybe each guy will be tentative to engage early. So I think under two and a half, but Krylov at the money line at $1.70, straight up value play for sure. I think he should be more of a $2 favorite. All right. So Krylov money line under two and a half. Our method of victory here Krylov by submission is uh, plus 230. Krylov by knockout is plus 270. Span by knockout is plus 310. Ryan uh, spawned by submission is plus 550, and they don't believe that this is going to go to the score, a uh, judge's scorecard, because they're both like 10 to 1 and 17 to 1 for by, by points. So, uh, Krylov, you think wins this fight by submission or by knockout? You think if we're looking for method of victory? I think it's going to be by submission. Okay. I think Krylov's going to have to, you know, maybe hurt something, frustrate Span on the feet, and then, you know, lock in a guillotine, lock in a darts choke, you know, something that, that Krylov can, can look to work. Uh, you know, the one thing I will throw out about Nikita Krylov, though, is sometimes he makes dumb decisions in the octagon, and it comes back to he was winning a fight, uh, the UFC London card against Paul Craig, and then he said, "Oh yeah, I'll go to the guard and, and with Paul Craig." Mm-hmm. You, that's like the one thing you like you don't do. Like it's the first thing you like you learn in MMA is like you know first you throw you learn how to throw a punch, and the second thing you learn is don't go into Paul Craig's guard. Like <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter what weight class, male or female. Yeah. First one is an overhand right. Second is don't go in Paul Craig's guard. And yeah. he did. And he did. And he got tapped. And I talked about him being a dumb fighter on the podcast. Absolutely, yeah. I and remember, we, had, yeah. we had Paul Craig in that fight. I was like, woohoo, dumb again. Absolutely. Yes. So don't be dumb, Nikita. Be smart. Stay out of Span's range for the first three minutes and then overwhelm him with the fight. Before we recap our picks, anything you like in the prelims or earlier in this card? Anything that, uh, yeah, I'm gonna or go anything to, I, to add to our parlay besides Andre Munez? Because that's right now, that's not a parlay, it's just one fight. Well, let's, let's, I mean, let's also throw in Nikita Krylov right. into, the, into the parlay. I like that. Uh, let's throw in uh, Mike Malat into the parlay. He All opens right. up the main card. I think he looked good in his victory over Mickey Gall. And, and should be victorious. And then whether you want to go money line or you want to just uh, add him to the parlay, going to go with the Monkey King. Going to go with Jordan Levitt to bounce back after his uh, you know pitiful performance against Patty Pimblett. Hey, we're doing alliteration again. Look at that. There you go. I love Ooh, it. Oh, that's a uh, good parlay. Yeah, it is. Okay, well here's the thing. You know Jordan Levitt is two and two in the UFC, so he's you know he had some good wins. You know he's had some frustrating losses. He's a very good grappler, a very mm-hmm. good guy that grapples extremely well, gets takedowns and gets rear naked chokes. Victor Martinez is a guy that succumbs takedowns, and while Jordan Levitt has been able to you know kind of. Uh, maneuver himself in, inside the UFC against better strikers, which Victor Martinez will be. Victor Martinez gives up too many takedowns for my liking, gives up to his back too much. I think Jordan Lovett's going to exploit it and get the win. So I like him straight up money line. Uh, and then you could throw him into the parlor. Well, he's only minus one thirteen. So I mean, they're both both fighters in that fight are minus one thirteen. Victor Martinez also minus one thirteen in this fight. So the odds are even for both these fighters, and that kind of brings up our parlay. This four leg parlay: Andre Munez, Nikita Krylov, Mike Malat, and Jordan Levitt. 
brings us uh, that four leg parlay play, pays plus four seventy one. So Doctor. bet a hundred, win four seventy. Bet ten dollars, win forty seven dollars. However you want to do that, those odds are on FanDuel Sportsbook. Our other picks: uh, Suarez by sub at three to one. That's my pick, not Jordan's pick. That's my pick. Suarez by Making sub at three official. to one. Uh, Mays plus one ten on the money line, under one and a half on that five of that fight, and sprinkle a little bit on Mays by knockout at plus two ten. Munez by submission at plus one twenty five, and take Nikita Krylov money line and under two and a half in that fight. I believe we have a UFC. Uh, pay-per-view coming up next week that we will have to preview that should be a decent uh, card uh, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, look look at this. You got John Jones returning yeah. Yeah. but to the heavyweight division yeah. to try and become a two-divisional champion against Cyril Gaon. Then you got Shevchenko defending her crown against uh, Alexa Grasso. Mm-hmm. Then I love this fight. Jeff Neal versus uh, Shavkat Rachmanov. That's going to be good. Rachmanov, I think, is going to be a future champion or he'll be fighting for a championship. Uh, and then G- Gamrot versus Jalen Turner. Mm-hmm. Jalen, you, you heard the story about Jalen Turner and why he he um, is called the Spider, or he's not called the Spider, but um, basically he had arachnophobia. Oh, okay. And to get over arachnophobia, he bought a bunch of spiders. That's okay. And now has like seventeen pet tarantulas. He's the tarantula. That's his nickname. There you go. Yeah. Okay, Couldn't, I didn't have it, but, but so that's that's a great fight. Uh, and Gamrot's taking that fight on short notice. Okay. Uh, because of. Um, Oh man, who just who just pulled out of that fight? New Zealander, always in the top ten. Uh, anyway, and then Bo Nickel uh, and uh, Jamie Pickett open up that fight card. So it's a good card. It's a great fight card. And Dan should... Hook, Dan Hooker's the one that yeah. pulled out of the fight against uh, Jalen Turner. Yeah, those. That's a good card for us to preview next but, week. But then you got Derek Brunson and and Dreykus Duplessis on the undercard. Cody Garbrandt's on the undercard. Ian Gary's on the undercard. This fight card's sick. This is a good fight card. It's going to be a longer it podcast is. next week. It will be. It will be. <laughs> so make sure you check us out. Check out Jordan on Twitter at Wood on ESP one thousand. Get all of his picks at Fat Jacks. Sports.com. Fat Jack's hot right now. He's hot again. College basketball. The NBA is back. Uh, this is prime time to get in on the Fat Jack right now because he is hotter than fire when it comes to college basketball. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah, and we will be back next week to preview UFC 285 Jones versus Cyril Gaon right here on the unnamed MMA podcast.